0: Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today I get to talk with Rick Mumford. Rick is our area director out in Kansas City, and Kansas City is a new city for search within the last year, pioneered, started by Rick, and we're going to hear that story. Rick, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast today.
1: Blaine, it's really fun to be a guest on a podcast. <laughs> I, I you know when when you're when you're on your podcast you're not quite sure what you know like oh I'm on a podcast oh I should use my radio voice because I'm on a podcast that's how they used to do it in the eighties you know on the radio
0: I do know that's how they did it more recently when I was going around to radio stations and I would recommend that uh, you do not use your radio voice use your regular <laughs> what? voice don't you like my
1: radio voice it's partly cloudy <laughs> seventy five degrees wind from the north five to ten miles an hour
0: what's amazing yeah, is I, that well, I
1: won't
0: do it. (laughs) It's just amazing people can get a job with that voice. But at any rate, uh, we're not here to talk about voices or DJs or any of that kind of stuff. We're here to talk about you and what God's done in your life that's brought you to starting Search in Kansas City. So, um, Rick, tell us a little bit about the basics, your family, uh, your career for the last few decades. What have you been up to?
1: Yeah, I'm married. I found somebody to marry me, Blaine. Uh, my wife, voice, Amy, it's and amazing. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my normal voice, just so you know. It's good. really this good. Yeah. It's, we've been married. It'll be 30 years this September um, that we've been married. And we have three sons. Um, Mac was born in 1996. Cooper in 1999. And Spencer was born in... 2005. So there's about a 10 year span from our first to our last. And um, Amy's been an amazing mom. That's like her her jam. Um, She also likes visual merchandising, and uh, you know has a lot of things. But mostly, she's a really, really, really good mom. And so over the years, we've been we've been in ministry. We got ministry, um, youth ministry when we were in college. Uh, Went and worked at summer camp and. Worked with the youth group and K-Life and things like that in college. That was like 33 years ago. And over the years have done youth ministry in California, in Paris, France. Went overseas with Young Life and launched Young Life over there. Um, In Colorado, that's where I went to seminary at Denver. Uh, Seminary, graduated in 95. We did youth ministry in the state of Missouri. Um, And a lot of it in Kansas, in the Kansas City area, either mostly in Lawrence, Kansas, and and now um, in Overman Park. And I've been on church staff as a youth pastor um, and a lot of parachurch. Um, I've always had a passion just for uh, introducing people to Jesus and uh, helping them grow in their faith and doing that however I can. So we've kind of been all over the place. And my wife has been a trooper. Lots and lots of kids tracking all sorts of things into our house over
0: the years. <laughs> Ooh, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. So three, the- three boys. That's uh, I can only. I've I've got two, and that that keeps me busy. Um, they're they're rambunctious. Yeah. The joke
1: is my last name's Mumford, and so whenever people find out what my name is. They, they're like, Oh, Mumford and Sons. There's a guy, I was, I forget where this was. It was just a few weeks ago. And the, he tried to put it into a joke. You know, he was like, he wanted to work Mumford and Sons into a joke and he couldn't think of like how to say it. So he just kind of muttered under his breath. He just goes, oh, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> that's, as far, that's as far as he got. I was like, couldn't even work it into a sentence. But, and that's the, yeah, that's the, that's the gig Mumford and Sons. We're just a different, different set. We don't
0: make music. Well, and I, I'm I want to encourage and we'll we'll tell everybody how to do this at the end. But if you're listening, you want to get to know Rick, we're gonna provide a way for you to do that. But uh but but if you get a chance to talk to Rick, he's got an amazing story and he peppered in a little bit in there, but uh seen a ton of the world, been all over Served in all kinds of different uh, places and with different ministries, uh, but spent a long time with Young Life before search, and it's just one of the things we love about Rick. We love about you because you bring so much experience and wisdom and expertise, which is um, why you're starting search in Kansas City. So what I want to know is how God led you to search and to the role you've got
1: now. Yeah, so I was doing youth ministry for all these years, and um, I was an area director with Young Life, and then I shifted into a regional role, something like eight, nine years ago. And in um, December of 2018, I went on sabbatical. So I took some some time away, and one of the books I'd read years ago, I kind of went back to again, it's Jim Collins, Good to Great. Little book that he wrote, and he wrote one specifically for the social sector, which is what I was a part of. Um, and I was really interested part of that sabbatical is how do you help your organization be the best, right? like that you take time out of the out of the daily rhythm, and so when you come back, you're better at your job and I was really interested in not just being good but great as an organization to make young life really effective in its mission, which was to introduce adolescence to Jesus and help them grow in their faith and one of the concepts in that book is that what he calls the hedgehog concept which comes from an essay by Isaiah Berlin which is based on a greek parable about a fox and a hedgehog and the fox is good at a lot of stuff but the uh, the hedgehog just knows one thing and so jim said the best organizations are one where these three ideas kind of come together three um, intersecting circles, right? So one is like, what is the organization has to be deeply passionate about that? And they know what they're passionate about. The second circle is what can they be the best in the world at? And the third circle is what drives their economic engine. So you draw three circles and where all three of those kind of come together in the middle. He says that the, there's a lot of organizations that are good, but the really great ones can define what that is. And um, they just have this piercing clarity about how to produce these long-term results. And they have to exercise discipline to say, no, thank you to a lot of really great ideas, a lot of really great um, opportunities so that they can move from good to great. So I was thinking about that as an organization, but then I began to think about that for me personally, which wasn't the point of the book at all. It's not about me as a person but I did it anyway and I was thinking okay what am I as a human being that God's created what am I most passionate about what am I best in the world at and is it possible to still do that and feed my family and the answer to that question as I began to journal and write and read and process during the sabbatical I realized my passion more than anything else um, is just to introduce have conversations with people about Jesus I believe every person deserves at least an opportunity to know that there's a God who's absolutely over the moon crazy about them. He designed them and He created them for a relationship with Himself. I was like, "Gosh, there's nothing I enjoy more in the world than having that conversation with somebody and just helping them discover who they're designed to be." So that's my number one passion in life, and so my uh, one of my uniquely best at. I think I'm good at a number of things. I'm bad at a ton of things, but something that I might be really uniquely best at is having those conversations with people. You know, I would as a speaker or in conversation or small group, whatever, I have people that say, you know, I never really understood that big question or that idea. I'm talking like not explaining how to, you know, work the remote on your TV, but like a big question about God and, um, the gospel or whatever, and the light bulb would come on. And when I say that I'm un- uniquely best at it, it's not like, oh gosh, I'm so good at this, but I feel like it was a gift that God gave to me to be able to communicate in a way. Um, and so that's just a lot of feedback that I got. Yeah. And then the third was I was a little bit stuck. I wasn't quite sure if I could feed my family by doing these first two. So that was, I, That was during the sabbatical um i went back to my regional job regional director for the mid-america region which is you know nebraska kansas missouri kind of area and then something happened um 14 months later that rocked my world that's march 2020 is what i'm talking about and everybody's world got rocked in 2020 right like Tons of people changed jobs and lost their jobs and went home and rhythms changed and babies were born. I mean, just 2020 was like a big shift in the world. For me, most significantly, though, was uh, March 26, 2020, when uh, I was playing tennis with our foreign exchange student from China on a nice spring day in a police car. Rolls up and these policemen come out of the car and they walk up to me and I'm like, I think maybe we're going to get arrested for playing tennis, right? That was in the March 26 was like crazy town, like, you know, like lockdown, like all that kind of stuff. And so we didn't know why they were walking up. but They came up and they said, hey, we have really bad news to share. And they told me that my oldest son, Mac, who at that time was 24 and was shooting a film in Arizona, had passed away. And I looked at him. I was like, wait, what? Like, even just to comprehend what they had said, I fell to the ground. I got really dizzy and nauseous and um, couldn't even process those words. Needless to say, it sent me into a tailspin, right? That drove me out of the grind and really face to face with the deepest um, questions a person could ask, like, what is the meaning of life? Like, what is is my purpose in life? Like, why are, are my best days behind me? You know, and should I just coast and maybe one day I'll be dead and I'll be with Mac and be with Jesus? Or is there more for me on this planet? And does God want to redeem this? Like, what? What do I do now? Like, I don't want this story at all, right? Like I would do anything in the world to change it, but this is my reality. This is my story. And as I went through that grief cycle of trying to process, it's kind of like, okay, now what God now what? So we had a lot of conversations and it drove me back to that sabbatical I'd had a year and a half earlier to really go back to that. Okay, God, what do you have for me? And that led me to asking questions And talking to some people who directed me to search and said, maybe this might be um, a good fit for your passion and your gift set and um, a way you can do that. So in 20, what was this, 2021, I finished my book, Mac and Jesus, which is about the gospel and it's about Jesus and about Mac and it's a little bit about this process, but mostly about, you know, just going through hard things in life and where it's God in the midst of that. And then in October 2021, yeah, that was, which at the time of this recording is what, eight months ago, nine, uh-huh. something like that. And that's when I started. Yes. I met you along the process.
0: Yeah, we had uh, all kinds of meetings along the way as you were... Uh, discern, we were all discerning if this was the right uh, the right step, but one of the things that I just uh, admire about you is not only how you processed Max passing and everything that you went through to figure out how you how you handle what uh, for parents is the worst thing that could ever happen, but then secondly, how you've handled moving forward and vocationally, it seems to me that, that that's only given you clarity and, and passion for what you're doing now. And
1: so, uh, yeah, it sounds a little cleaned up on a podcast and the way I just, I just said it, you know, it's, um, real life is messy. mm -hmm. It really is. Like there was a period of time, like I, somebody, it was, uh, like a month after Mac had died Someone called and they're like, How are you doing today? You know, and I was like, Well, today I got up and I took a shower. And for me, that's that's success. And he laughed, you know, and I was like, I'm actually not being funny. Like that was for me yeah. something I accomplished today. Like it does. They, they say, um, and Mac had uh, a series of uh, events that happened. He actually took his life. Um, that's how he died. And so the process of, those two combined, like losing a kid and losing a loved one to suicide, you know, folks have equated it to being, you know, in a concentration camp in terms of the level of trauma on your brain. And so it's taken a while to heal and all that. And I know you're like, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. And I've heard this from others, like, I like the way that you're processing this. And that's really good. Um, But at the same time, if I were a, I don't know, like I'm just doing the best I can. And I feel like this is the next step that God has for me. And I don't feel like I do everything right or that my healing is, you know, like this is all past tense and, and I'm good to go now, you know, like, Oh, I switched the radio voice. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm good to go now as the uh, search area director. Like I feel like the brokenness that God uses that um, and can redeem that even in our place. So it's um, even when you introduce somebody, you know and you're like we're so excited Rick's here and this is what he's doing i feel like there's like one of the great things about rick is that he's been so broken <laughs> like that's <laughs> not necessarily in the in the introduction but it is true that god redeems those and when we're weak he really is strong and um he really is good and present in the hardest stuff.
0: Well, what's important about people understanding a little bit about your story though, is as it relates to your work with, with search, it's incredibly relevant because it's one thing to talk intellectually about the big questions of life and why would God allow evil and suffering? And there's intellectual answers to that. And there's, there's a whole world of academia and we do that and we are involved in that. But the Reality is, is for most of the people that you're serving there in Kansas City and that everybody uh, with, with search is interacting with, there's there's hurt. None of us go through this life without pain and trauma, and uh, the, the question is just one of degree for each of us. And how we process that is uh, important, and the people we process it with is important. And for folks that get the privilege to sit down and talk with you, uh, I think they're gonna find a real depth of thought and of spirituality and um and that's all a result of not not only Mac but your whole your whole life and your your whole story and you bring uh, you just bring an authenticity to what we do that I'm grateful for so
1: yeah, i you, I am too as crazy as it sounds, and would never wish this on my on my worst enemy at the same time what's happening even right now. Even this week uh, some of the some of the conversations I'm having with people in deep grief and loss that otherwise it, I wouldn't have been able to do, and I know that god's in this and it's just been it's just a part of it that i'm I'm actually grateful for that I can meet people where they're at more than I would have otherwise
0: well speaking of God being in it you've been in it, as we said, about nine months with search or so. Uh, brand new staff member. You're all by yourself there, starting Kansas City for search uh, from the ground up. What has that response been like so far?
1: There's um, <laughs> it's it's there's a variety of responses. Some people, you know, you sit down, and you explain what's going on. You're like, hey, yeah, we're um, creating those safe places for adults to have conversations about Jesus and about God and in. Whatever those barriers are, we can talk about that. And some people's response, Blaine, is like, oh, that's nice. Good for you. I'm glad you found something that you like. You know, and they're like, okay, I'll talk to you later. You know, some people are just not um, in, engaged or or they're happy for me, but they're kind of, you know, not into it. Um, it has led to some really, for other people, some really great, significant conversations about Jesus where people go, actually, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think I'm confident that if I were to die, that I would go be with Jesus or I don't know that I know him, or I think I understand some things, but can we talk this through? And it's led to some really amazing conversations. And then there's a, a third category um, of folks where conversations with people about how to conversation, have conversations with their friends, right? They're like, wait, wait, like I told somebody what I was doing. They're like, she said, wait, wait, wait. So you could maybe help me share my faith with my friends. You'd walk alongside me in that. Would you disciple me and help me figure out how to do that? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, that's amazing. You know, so I've also had folks that are leaning in. I think a lot of people who are followers of Jesus have wanted to share their faith, but something like 95% of Christians don't ever do it. And why not? And what we are able to do and what i've been able to do is have conversations with people and say actually you can do this. um this isn't like just for super uh people that have a skill set that you don't like god has given you this ministry of reconciliation and you can have these conversations and i'll walk alongside you as you do that. so that's been super life-giving and fun and overall the thing that is fun is I think search meets the unique need in Kansas city. It's not like, oh, and here's another ministry doing the same thing as everybody else. So from church folks, non-church folks, it's been overall, it's been really uh, encouraging and overwhelming.
0: Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I know that things are going, um, going very well just from all of our conversations too. So if someone's listening to this and they're going, okay. I am excited. I am thankful Search is in Kansas City. I can't wait to get involved, to get connected. How would they uh, connect with you? And what are some next steps potentially for anybody that wants to be involved in Search Kansas City?
1: Yeah, well, it's really easy, Blaine. You know, anybody that reaches out at this point is an early adopter, right? Like at this point, and this is the funny thing that people think like, I tell them about search, they're like, so. Did you make this up? Is this like a is this your own ministry? You know, and I'm like, no, no, no. This has been happening for you know 50 years, and there's thousands of people impacted in the cities where Search is up and running. Uh, but at this point, it's just me. Like, I don't have the local leadership board yet. I, um, all that stuff. So, um, goodness, I'm dropping things. Uh, for me, the next step is just. Um, email me. So if you want to get on my email list, email me, it's rmumford at searchnational.org. If you want to be on my prayer team, I send out a prayer email every Wednesday. If you want to join me in prayer, um, where I kind of tell you what God's been doing and, and what we're looking for next, email me. <laughs> if you want to, uh, if you want to be uh, better equipped to share your faith with your friends in a relational way, um, Reach out to me. Let's talk about that. Maybe you can hop in one of these formation groups that we're um, this next set that we're launching in the fall, um, or maybe you're really interested in the forum. You know, where we create a safe place for people to ask big questions, and we're going to do some of these open forums in the spring. And I need a team, a core team of people who are going to invite friends and and be involved in that. If that sounds like something that's really interesting, guess what? You you could do. You could just email me and we'll talk about that. Or if you have my phone number, call me, like just reach out, you know, like, um, or maybe you want to be like part of the, um, the foundations. Like you want to have a safe place to have these conversations yourself. Um, not everybody's arrived spiritually. Actually, nobody's arrived spiritually. And if you want to, um, we've got, um, should be 12 of these foundations groups that are launching this fall. And we could plug you into one of those. Um, Or maybe you want to give financially. We have a budget that we raise locally. Um, Email me and we can talk about that if that's something you're interested in. Or maybe you know somebody else who I should talk to. You're like, you know who would be really into this? Um, Someone that you have a network, you know, and you want to reach out to me. So just reach out. I gave you seven ideas there, but for all of them, the next step is the same. Our Mumford, at searchnational.org. Let's just have a conversation.
0: Well, I can't encourage everybody enough to do that. Give Rick an email, send it on over. You'll love his, uh, his emails are fantastic. If you get on his list and you'll love it even more if you get to meet with him. Rick, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Blaine. Thanks for doing a podcast. I appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. We'll, we'll do it again anytime you want. And I want to thank everybody for listening. And until uh, next time, we will talk to you then. Thanks.